everybody, here with Garen, and we are wrapping up the Easter message. We're sorry, it's coming out later in the week, uh, but we're excited to get this to you on a Thursday. And just want to start by sharing the four words that Garen had for us in his message um, that we were supposed to remember, that is should, is, can, and will. And that's good because it's easy to remember, but it also teaches us about the nature of reality through God's lens. Right, Garen? right. It's a good, simple way to encapsulate his story. It's very effective in sharing with people. And I am going to do a series at some point in the near future on evangelism and really trying to be practical and equip people. And I'm actually going to come back to this because this is a really easy way to have a spiritual conversation, to initiate a spiritual conversation. Somebody is talk about the is and the should. Right. Because everybody feels those things. Everybody. Everybody. When you were talking about the should, I was like, man... It doesn't matter who you talk to, every single person in the world feels this should. Yes. And to, to define that, if you missed, should meaning we all have an inner sense that like the world is not really how it should be, yep. that this should happen, that this yep. shouldn't happen, and that yep. we're not quite there. Yep. And every single person feels that. Yep. That's pretty yeah, incredible. We all feel the should. We all have that innate thing that, you know, every child should be loved and yeah. Every person should be cared for. We have we just have that innate sense. All of us do. And the believer would say, "What? Why do we have this should within because us?" Because it is rooted in reality. It's so for an atheist or somebody, they're like, "Oh, it's just a pipe dream. It's just coming or from an evolutionary yeah, evolutionary like, like yeah. it's just a you know the chemicals in your brain generated that." But the scripture would say, "No, that's actually rooted in a past that we don't live in, but that the the memory is in there. The memory is embedded in us." of what that perfect creation was and that everything was once sh- as it should be. And that, yeah, that that's, that's reality. So Christianity says that that's reality. That's based on reality. Other worldviews say, nah, it's just a, it's you ate pizza the other night. So you woke up feeling a should, but we believe the should is real and it comes from a real place. And is it Lewis who says he equates it to like, you get hungry, we know there's food. Yes. You get thirsty, we know there's yes. water. Yes. You feel a longing for something that's not here, therefore we know it yep. does exist. There is a real thing. thing, yes, that would fill that up. And so that longing for a should is a real thing, and that hunger for it is because it's real, it was real, and it will be in the future. That's yeah. what's he, the guy that came, the will be. So. Right. So that should, we all feel like there's this... The, Things should be a certain way, but they're not. And then the reality hits us in the face with what is. Yep, what is. My marriage should be great, but it's not. Yeah. This friend shouldn't be sick, but he is. Yes. And so the is is the reality where we live, and it's what's actually happening yeah. right now. Yeah, and all the shoulds that we think should be, but aren't. Yeah, there shouldn't be war, but there is in the Ukraine right now. And yeah, just all of those things that we know and just rubs against us internally, and we feel the pain of that, of the should be that isn't mm-hmm. because of the is. Yep. And we know that for most people, this is where it ends, that yep, everyone that's feels ends. the should, everyone feels the is, yep. but for people who don't know Jesus, this is where it ends. That's what like, it is. Well, yep. this is the world, and let's do our best to fix it, and then we'll die and hand the baton off, and hopefully the next yep. generation makes it even that's better. Right. Bite the bullet, hang in there, just do the best you can, but then you die and you go away, and that's it. And hope then... hope that there's an afterlife yeah, that's better hope, than this is. But not sure. It's a hope of maybe, but I'm not sure. Not yeah. a hope of certainty, but a hope of... Yeah. So that's where most people live, is just what the should and is. And I know, I've, I, I live there, mm-hmm. and that's not a good place to live. But, but a lot of people don't want to face it. That's why it's actually, this is a good... If you're close, we'll get to that in the future. But to be able to bring that up, because everybody feels those things... And that's a really good entry point into talking about God's story with yeah, people. Yeah, that is a good entry point. 
But if you're a believer in Jesus and you follow him, you, you know his way. You've got two more words. You've got two more words. The next one is can, yeah. right? Because Jesus coming into the world showed us what reality can be yes. when he healed, yeah. when he brought his glory and, and all the shalom and perfection that came with it. Yeah. We would see these little pockets of what can be. Yes. Then it's like, oh, there's something more than the is. Yeah, very much. In history, in Jesus, we saw this can be, that there that the possibility of the thing we long for, like it happened in history. And if it happened back there, then maybe it can be. Maybe the things I long for can be. Yeah. And it, it gives us an alternative to just this hamster wheel of trying really hard. Yep. And, right. you know, doing our best. There's yeah. something outside of us that can actually make it possible. Yes. Which is really neat. Definitely. Um, and beyond the can, you know, Jesus went to heaven. He'll come back one day. And things will be restored. Things will actually be as they should be. Yep. What you and I preached on in January, right? First Sunday in January. That's right. End of the New Testament, new creation, Revelation 20 and 21, or 21 and 22. You know, I should know that. But that the reality that it one day he will make it back to its original design and that promise that it will be that way and we will live forever. Those of us who know Jesus will live forever in the should because the should finally will, will be once again. And I mean, what great what great hope is that, right? So I had this question formulated in my mind hearing you Sunday, because I knew we would have this conversation. And I wanted to ask you from the perspective of a secular person who doesn't know Jesus. Um, but then you actually brought it up yourself and kind of answered a little bit, but I still want to ask you, what do you say to somebody who's like, that sounds great, but it sounds like a Disney movie. Yeah, it's a pipe And game. how do I know that you're not just saying that so that I come to church and give my tithe and, and you get to have a job and we all could feel good? Like, how do I really know that this is reality and not something I'm wasting my time on? Yeah, and that's what, to me, the can be is so important because the can be is Jesus. And the question is, is what we read in the Gospels, is that grounded in history? Is that demonstrated? Can I demonstrate or have a good, a very good sense that... That is historical. The Gospels are historical, and specifically, not just that he died, but that he rose again. And so to me, it's, it's anchored in that historical can be. And that's why the historical evidence for his life, and especially his resurrection, is that's the linchpin of all of it. So yeah, linchpin, that's the word that I've heard you say before, and you're saying again, that the, that the resurrection really is what all this hinges on. Yep. And if the resurrection is not true, the rest of this is suspect at best. It's it's yeah, it's, it's speculation. Yeah. But if the resurrection did happen, then the rest of this falls into place. Yep, it's like it the all, domino yep, falling. It's the evidence that we need that everything Jesus said, everything he claimed, he claimed to live in the story of Scripture, to be the center of the story, that the story pointed to him. And and he and when asked, how do we know what you say is true? What's the authority? Give us a sign for the authority. He says, I'm going to raise from the dead. Yeah. And when I do that, that is the evidence you need that every that validates everything I said and everything I did. So that is huge. And you talked about this creed in First Corinthians 15. And can you just in 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 90 seconds um, articulate to me? Why like that? Why it's important? I know that's kind of, it's really that creed is really really important. But the, to me, the main thing is again, historians what they're looking for is the more sources they can get, the better. So having you know one source is one thing. If you've got thirty, that's another thing, right? And then if those sources are primary in the, their eyewitness testimony, that's huge as opposed to hearsay evidence, right? 
And then the other one is, are those eyewitness testimony credible? We won't get into that one. But eyewitness testimony is so important in any historical um, investigation. But in antiquity, you just don't have it. It doesn't exist. You've got sources written three, the first source of you know, somebody's life, three to 400 years after they lived. And so it, it just doesn't happen. But we find with Jesus that most of the sources we have were contemporary, were, were written and were promulgated, promulgated, whatever, were made public. Propagated? Propagated, thank you. Also promulgated, though. Promulgated also. <laughs> were propagated during the time that the people were living who, you know, it says these events happened in Nain and in Jericho. Those people were still alive. And it would have been so easy to debunk. That's why eyewitness testimony is so important. It would have been so easy for the religious authorities to debunk it. They never even tried because they knew there were eyewitnesses all over Israel who had seen him raise dead people, who had seen him heal people. And there were eyewitnesses who had seen a resurrected Jesus, not just an empty tomb, but they claimed, including a group of 500, he appeared to us. So the Gospels are written 20, 30 years after Jesus, still within the lifetime of Still incredibly people. close by historical yeah, Still standards. incredibly close, and still people living who could say, yeah, I, I was in Nain and I was at the funeral, yeah. and that did happen. Who could confirm or deny it. Who could it. confirm or deny it, exactly. So the Gospels are important. That's why I preached last year that I, I think it can be demonstrated, their eyewitness testimony. But that's still 20 or 30 years. This creed, what's so fascinating about this is Paul probably got it. He became, he was a, an adversary of Jesus, right? had a conversion experience where Jesus appeared to him. He goes to Jerusalem. Galatians and Acts talks about this. I won't go into the timeline, but he meets with Peter, James, and John. And from them, he he gets this creed at that time that he is in 1 Corinthians 15, that he's sharing this thing that I passed on to you many years ago, this thing that I received, I'm passing on to you. And so what they know is, is that this creed was actually constructed within the first one to three years after Jesus' resurrection and was being publicly proclaimed in Jerusalem, not 20 or 30 years later like the Gospels, but within like one to three years. And again, the greatest scholar on this, James Dunn, says he thinks it was probably within 10 months that this was formulated and this thing's being proclaimed all in Jerusalem, the very city where those people who he appeared to, they were still living there and the Pharisees were there and all they had to do to cut that thing out is just say, I mean, to kill that is just say, oh, no, here, look, the tomb, we pull his body out. Or they can take all those witnesses and say, did this really happen? Um, but they never did that. What they did is they tried to kill him, and they actually killed many of those people. So most of those people, many of them, went to their grave because of the claim that he had appeared to them, which you and I have talked about that before. But that this thing is just within like one or two or three years, or maybe even less than that from the event, and it's being publicly proclaimed, it's really huge, because mm. it's it would be like if somebody's trying to argue, did the Dodgers win, was it two years ago? Yeah, the 2020 World Series. Yeah, so two years ago. And if, if somebody came and said, hey, you know, the A's won the World Series two years ago, it would be so easy to disprove, because mm -hmm. we are so close to it, right? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what this is. This creed was being um, proclaimed in Jerusalem, the very place where it happened, in a very hostile environment that he appeared to these people. And those people are all living, and they're all in the city. Mm -hmm. Almost all of them are there. And it's so easy. And he's not even appearing to people who are like yes men, right. who are just going to go along with whatever. It's like, this is a hostile environment where if it didn't happen, it would be called out. Yes, exactly. So he appears to James, and his brothers didn't believe in him. Yeah. So he's appearing to them. He's appearing to Paul, who was the lead killer of Christians, right? Mm -hmm. And so, 
yeah, this thing, that this thing was being proclaimed so close by eyewitnesses in the place where it happened. So is huge. If someone, okay, I think something that attracts us to the gospel is that there is historical validity for it. That it's not this ancient document that is so far removed from reality that we just have to put faith in it and trust it yes. and hope it's the way. That, right. that there's real historicity behind this and it, it holds up well, better than almost any other ancient document. Yes. Right? Right. And secular people will tell you that too. It's yes. not some, right. we don't go to Christian conventions and we talk about it. Yeah. The whole historical community, whether or not they believe Jesus is the Messiah, says this document is real and it's really dated accurately. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, we put a lot of stock in that. Yes. So someone who's maybe on the fence right now, who heard what you had to say and says, maybe there's something to this, maybe there's not, you would say, and I would say, I think, also dive into the, yes. the historicity of the resurrection yes. and let that be your entry point. And if you do your research on that or read something out or, or hear from an expert on that and you say, this may have actually happened, then maybe that leads you into a line of thinking that says, well, if that's true, what else is true in the Bible? Yes, exactly. Because it's the most important yes. investigation you'll ever undergo. Yes, right. Because it has eternal implications. Yep. You know? I mean, we research lots of stuff. I research where I want to go on vacation yes, or go to we dinner, do, right. and we care about that stuff, and as we should, but this is the... What's more important than this? The stakes are so much higher. Yes. So at least flesh it out, and maybe you do your research and you're not convinced, and that's fine. Yep. But you've done your research, but we really think it's compelling. And, uh, and if you look at it, it's going to lead you into further conversations and further study. Yeah, definitely. So do you have some? I know you gave a yeah, few, Yeah, I know. You've got some, some resources? I mean, I feel like I mentioned Gary Habermas, who was at Liberty when I was there. I mean, anything... He, he is a little more scholarly, so he isn't maybe so much at the popular level. Um, I think the guy who's really taken up his mantle is Mike Lacona. We went and saw him mm -hmm. one last fall. You could watch debates on... Um, How do you spell Lacona? L-I-C-O-N-A. Yeah, think. right. So if you YouTube him, yeah, YouTube he that does guy. lots of great debates and he's easy to understand. Yeah, yep, that's good. He and Habermas co-wrote a book together on the resurrection that a lot of people consider as like their two great minds coming together. I don't remember the title, but it came out a year or two ago. I feel like um, Cold Case Christianity, that book does oh, yeah, a really right good job yep. with the historicity of the Gospels and the resurrection, both, both right. of those things. And the book that I gave out, I think Lee Strobel's good. The Case for Christ hits the resurrection in a chapter or two. That little booklet probably is is those two chapters, is my guess. So I think Lee Strobel's book, um, um, The Case for Christ, is a good one. Those to me are kind of the big ones that come to mind. Okay. What do you What do you feel yeah, like? Yeah, everything that I've thought of, um, you've already said. So I think those are excellent. I would say if you if you know a little bit about this and you and you want to dive deeper in. And take like kind of the master class. Habermas is your guy. There's a podcast that I listen to with him. And if anybody wants to reach out to me, I'll, I'll send you the link. But he talks for an hour extensively about why this is true. And I had to listen to it three times because there's so much yeah. uh, going on there. But it was really convincing and really good. If that's not your speed, if you're more entry level, um, yeah, I think Mike Lacona, watching him on YouTube is good. I think reading any of those books you suggested is good. Um, Cold Case Christianity especially because it's this detective. Yeah, it's a detective. Who uses his investigation methods to seek out yeah. evidence for the resurrection. And it's really easy to understand. And it's actually a fun read. And you walk away saying, wow, okay, this is really possible. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, because really crime scene investigation and history are the same thing because you're investigating an event that happened that nobody... You can't go back and replicate it. It's not like science you can have in a lab. So you're requiring on eyewitnesses and sources. And so it's forensic science and historical method are, are so similar. So he does a great job of applying that as a detective 
too. If if somebody claimed the resurrection today and he were to research it, he were to as a detective try to find out if that happened. It's it's a really good book. I really recommend it. Cool. Garen, that is our time. Was there any final thoughts or any any lasting thing you wanted to give before we go? No, I think this story makes all the difference in the world to me. I mean, you and I have talked. That will to me when I realized this whole story and that new creation's coming, that added a level to me of of love of what God is doing. It's not just he's changing my life now, but that looking forward to that new creation. And we've got a great story to tell people. And there is good evidence for it. We don't have to shy away from it. And Yeah. So Should, is, can, will. Next time you're with a friend and they're saying, man, things shouldn't be this way. That's your <laughs> yep, entry point. Things shouldn't be. That's it's, it. You're right. Things shouldn't be this way. Yep. That's your entry point. Okay. Um, I'm excited for that lesson you're going to give us and really how to share and use these words. I think that's going to be exciting. But until then, pray that God opens up conversations, opportunities for you to use those words, because that's really neat. So, okay. Thank you, guys. See ya.